podcast is the GM and head coach of the South Muskoka GMHL Hockey Club. Please welcome Frank DeMassey. Frank, how are you? I'm good, Vince. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for doing this uh, once again. Um, my first question to you, Frank, is tell us about your making the transition to being a former professional hockey player and then going right into management. Oh uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of funny. I was just um, you know I finished uh, my my eight years over in Europe, and um, I was uh, sitting in my condo, and I got a phone call from uh, an old teammate of mine that uh, was uh, offered a coaching job, and he asked me to come be his assistant coach. And I up in Bracebridge, Muskoka, and uh, you know I'd never I'd, I'd never been there before, you know. And uh, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come up. So I met with uh, the owner of the team and we interviewed and I was, you know, I got the assistant coaching job. And, uh, and from there, you know, we spent, spent the year, I was his assistant and uh, learned a lot about the league. And uh, then the next year I became a head coach. And, um, you know, in junior hockey, it's not like the pro level. In the pro level, everything is specialized. You know, in junior hockey... The coach, you know, he he orders the coach jump orders the bus for the trips. You know, he orders food for after the games. Um, you know, I have ordered jerseys, order all these different things. So, um, being coach or GM of a junior team is much different than being <laughs> coach or a GM of a of a pro team. So it was it was a really really uh, huge transition uh, from playing into the management role, but. Uh, you know, I'm still I'm still learning lots, Vince. Still learning lots every day, and um, you know, I ask a lot of questions to the guys that've been in the industry a lot longer than me. And uh, yeah, so far, so good. So between the roles between a president, a general manager, a head coach, uh, for those individuals that are aspiring to work in the hockey industry. Yeah, the, well, so the, the president um, oversees everything. Um, he signs off on everything. So as a journal manager, if I have an idea, um, you know, I bring it to the president and he okays it or, or says, no, we ain't doing it. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, the coach, you know, I'm coach and GM. So I have some flexibility in that regard where, you know, bringing in players and uh, you know, player movements. Um, again, it's got to go through the president. But, you know, rather than me as a coach having to go to the GM, the GM going to the president. I I just go directly to the president uh, with any any moves like that that uh, I want to make. It came across your stats, and so from 2014 to 2018, you assembled a coaching record of 101 wins, 45 losses, and 12 overtime losses. Really incredible records. So, what are what were the years like building a team within those years, and how player development went, and then uh, having team success with winning a regular season championship in 2016. Yeah, you know it's it's the players, Vince. You know, what I mean, as a coach, you know, you, you you put the systems in place, um, and the players the players do it. So all the credit goes to to the players. Um, we have scouts across you know North America and Europe. You know, our league allows an unlimited amount of uh, European players. Um, because I played in Europe for eight years, I have a lot of those contacts over there. So. You know, I make a few phone calls here and there. Sometimes the phone calls work and sometimes they don't. You know, sometimes, you know, you got scouts and GMs over in Europe that say, yeah, I've got this kid looking to play in Canada. Other times they say, you know what, 
I don't have any players looking to come to Canada. So it's always, it's such a big turnover in, in junior hockey because my job is to help these kids advance to the next level. So I don't really want players here for for more than two years because I, I want them here for one or two years and then I want to move them on to college hockey or pro. Um, so that, that that's how it is generally when, when building a team in this league. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, you want to try to, you know, obviously you want to build from the net out. You know, I, uh, I try to coach a style where it's exciting for the fans, you know, and sometimes that means, you know, you're going to allow more goals, but you're also going to score more goals. And I think that, uh, you know, in junior hockey, a lot of mistakes are made because they're still learning, you know, but, um, you know, we, we try to make it exciting for our fans. You know, we, we get pretty good crowds here in Muskoka. It's a smaller town. So, you know, on a Friday, Saturday night, they come to the local rank and watch their, their, their local junior team play. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you try to build a team, uh, the best you can and, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, you, you just don't know until, you know, the, the, the team hits the ice. Mm. Frank, with having uh, those connections in Europe, um, because you played professional hockey, uh, what, what's your thought process of how to scout and then how do you recruit your staff in, in trying to develop a team every year? Well, you know, we, we, we tell our, our scouting staff, you know, what we're looking for. You know, I mean, you, you can't build a team with a bunch of goal scorers, right? Because there's only one puck out there, Vince, right? And everybody wants the puck, you know? And you can't build a team with a bunch of grinders because you need some goals, right? So, so you want to try to balance it accordingly, you know? And you want you want to you have some goal scorers, some checkers, um, defensive defensemen, offensive defensemen. Um, now, that's ideal. It doesn't mean it always works out that way, you know? It's, it is not the NHL where you get, you know, whatever you want. You know, you, you want to draft a certain player, those guys are available, right? At the junior hockey level, those aren't always available because, you know, there's so much competition for these players. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, you know, that, that, that's, you know, what, what we say to our scouts, what we're, we're looking for. And, well, sometimes they find them, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Frank, I find it interesting in junior hockey because trading and acquiring players is a bit different than professional hockey. Can you walk us through kind of what uh, yearly you do with negotiations and recruitment and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, you know, we, we try not to move players. I think in the, uh, in the eight years that I've been coaching here, I think I've maybe traded four players. That's it. You know, um, before we trade a player, we, we ask them. It's not the pro level, so it's juniors. So we ask them, say, hey, listen, you know, maybe this isn't a right fit for a player. Maybe, you know, a player wants more ice time, a different role. Um, and then, you know, we'll ask the player, you know, hey, would you like to go to this team? And if they say no, then we, you know, we don't trade them. We don't force anyone. Um, so that that's what works in, in, at the junior level and with my team anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's how I do it. If a player doesn't want to move, I don't move them. It's no problem at all. You know, it's just you want to you want to do what's best for the player and for the team. Sometimes players are better suited with another team because they'll get more ice time, right? Maybe it's a lower end team, and they'll end up getting more ice time. You know, maybe it's it's, it's a player that you know needs a lot more developing, but he feels that he's ready for a, a top six role. Well, you know, if I don't have that, 
I'll roll into my top six available for him. Then he you know he may ask for a trade. But uh, you know, again, in, in my years, I've maybe moved four, three, four, five guys. Um, but at the end of the day, if if I plan on moving a player, I ask him, and if he says no, I'm happy here. Then we don't move him. It's no, uh, it's not a problem. This past season, you went back behind the bench. Um, how was that transition like for you? And I guess what's kind of the current status of the hockey club? So I, I took a year off from coaching because uh, I just had a, another little baby. So I was like, you know what? I, I can't be away every weekend the way I am. You know, I've got I've got three kids now. <laughs> so, you know, being away every weekend is tough on my wife and kids. So I was like, you know, let me let me let me take a step back from coaching and just, you know, just run it uh, from behind the scenes. Um, and, uh, you know, I just I just missed coaching. I just, I just missed it so much and I just needed to get back behind the bench. So, you know, so now, you know, my, my, my daughter, um, a little older now, so be able to get back behind the bench. And, uh, currently, you know, we're recruiting for the, for the season, the upcoming season. And, uh, you know, just every day, just, you know, um, speaking with players, with agents, scouts, and uh, just trying to, trying to build the team. So, you know, right now we're looking for, uh, I think five or six more forwards. And uh, three more defensemen and uh, two goalies. That's where we're at right now. The current the current status of our team. Frank, was was your outlook different once you stopped coaching and then kind of went in the stands and watched the team rather than being behind the bench? Was did you find that your philosophy changed or your outlook changed at all? Yeah, for sure. And you know, what, you're, you're you're always learning. You're always learning as as a coach or a GM or a scout, you know, you're always learning. It doesn't matter what level, whether you're in, in the NHL or coaching 10 year olds, you know, you can, you can always learn. And, uh, and being up in the stands, you know, you see the game differently when you're on the bench coaching, you know, you're always trying to think one or two or three steps ahead, you know, um, at home when you have last change, you know, maybe you want to have certain guys out against their top line. You know, on the road, you don't you don't get last change, so you really can't you can't do much um, in regards to that. But uh, you know, yeah, it's just it's really different when when you're watching from the stands, um, either as a fan or part of management. Um, you just see the game differently, and uh, you know, you see the whole ice. You know, but when you're coaching, you're you're really focusing on you know who who's up next and who to put up next, and again, just just trying to think two or three steps ahead. Frank, when I was playing hockey and then when I stopped, you know, I was a goaltender, as you know, and then I saw everything from the net out. And then after I stopped playing hockey, then, uh, then I had a totally different perspective being a fan. Right. Um, so I, I find it fascinating how you had that different uh, perspective uh, when you were in coaching. Frank, with Shield Hockey having multiple media platforms, such as uh, TV Kojiko and 99.5 Moose FM, um, does this provide an advantage in terms of recruiting players uh, for your program? Uh, it, it might, but I, th- I think what really gives us a good advantage is, is the amount of players that we've advanced to the next level. You know, that's, that, that, that's what these junior kids are really looking for. You know, they want a great experience on and off the ice because, you know, like, let's face it, when you're an 18-year-old kid and you're coming to Canada from Sweden or Slovakia, you know, you want to make sure you're going somewhere where you're going to be treated well, treated fairly, and enjoy your time on and off the ice. 
right? Like, you know, it's, it's more than just hockey. It really is. Like, hockey is very important, but also, so is, you know, um, going to the movie theater or, you know, your, your billet family or, you know, going out with the guys, um, you know, here in Muskoka, there's beautiful lakes and trails and all that. So, you know, guys in September when they arrive, every weekend they're at the lake. You know, so it's it, a lot of it is is away from the rink too. You know, we want our guys to enjoy themselves, and they know coming here, um, it's a great place to be. It's a safe environment, uh, beautiful area here in Muskoka. So they they know they're going to enjoy their time. Um, as as far as the hockey goes, you know, we have one of the nicest arenas around. You know, our, our arena has a beautiful gym inside it, two swimming pools basketball court uh, we have a really really nice dressing room um beautiful arena like i said so there's so many positives so i think that that plays a role but again the, the a, a huge factor is how our players here develop and we move them on to the next level whether it be pro or college hockey the acha or the ncaa and that's uh that's a huge recruiting tool for us uh, the amount of players that uh that we've moved on. Frank, I want to ask you in your eight years, have you had any success stories with players moving on to, um, you know, uh, higher leagues or whatnot? Yeah. Every year, Vince, every year, Vince, we got guys going either pro or college. Um, I'll give you an example. We had uh, two Swedes, uh, Carl Leiden and Alfred Panlinborg. Now Alfie came to us, I want to say five or six years ago. And, he told me his goal was to play college hockey in the NCAA. I've got some friends that coach in the NCAA. So Alfie came and he was real good. Like this kid's a stud, big time defenseman. So I told him, I said, Alfie, one more year here and I'll get you there. But you need to, you need to fine tune a few things because when you do go play NCAA level, it's very good hockey. It's real good hockey. So you don't want to go there and be a fringe player. You want to go there and right away and, and make an impact right away. So he came for a second season. He fine-tuned the things he needed to fine-tune. He went on and played college and played four years there. So that, that, that was that was great for us, especially a kid from Sweden. You know, seeing a kid from Sweden playing in the NCAA, it's incredible. It really is. You know, because generally you think NCAA, Americans, Canadians. But having a Swede come over, have a great experience here in Muskoka, and then move on. Um, and same thing happened with Carl. He he came here um, for a year, and he told me his goal is to play college hockey. Um, I called my buddy who, who coached at Stevenson University. I told him about uh, Carl. And uh, he said, yeah, he says, I'm interested. He says, you know, ask some questions. And I said, you know, we need to work on his conditioning and his skating. I said, you know, give me another year with them. So Carl spent another year here and then he was off. And uh, his first year there, he won rookie of the year in the conference. So, you know, that, that success story like that, Vince, is just, you know, two Swedes going over um, and, and Carl winning rookie, rookie of the year honors. It's, uh, it makes us all as an organization really proud of, of their accomplishments. And it's, it's all on them. You know, they, they're the ones that work for it. Um, they're the ones that, that had the courage to come over to Canada to play because it ain't easy, Vince, you know, leaving home, you know, leaving home and going to a, to a new country, you know, and they, they did it and, uh, they, they earned it. They, they earned, uh, 
their time uh, uh, in the NCAA. We we had a player here years ago. I wasn't coaching, but he's now in the in the American League. And uh, Jeff Paulos, Nikita Nikita Jeff Paulos is his name. And um, a year with us, and he got drafted to the Quebec Major Junior League. And then from there, he uh, you know he went on and played uh, in the American League and the KHL. And I think this year he's back uh, in the American League with uh, oh boy, the team Montreal Canadiens farm team. So it's I, I don't remember the, the name of that team off the top of my head, but but yeah, so that that's a great success story for us. Um, kid from uh, from Latvia coming over and now. He's in the American League. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank, before I ask you the last question, I want to ask you, in terms of these recruiting players from from Europe to your team, how's that conversation like? And and what's kind of the presentation like from your side of things? But don't reveal too much uh, of your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? So, some of these kids, Vince, from Europe, they just want to come over just for a year, experience Canadian culture, experience life in Canada, experience Canadian style of hockey, and then just go then then go right back right. to their home country. That's it. And some of them, they want to come here because they want to advance to college hockey. And you know, it's it's a fact that, you know, if you're in North America, it's much easier to be scouted than if you're over in Europe. You know, so um that's that's one thing. So you know we we tell players, you know, if you want to come um, this is this is what is expected of you, you know, an honest work ethic, and you got to be a good teammate. Mm-hmm. And then we ask them, "What are you looking to do? You know, why why do you want to come play here?" Yeah, and they all have different reasons. Some some want to come, like I said, advance the next level, and some want to come and just it's, it's like a gap year for them, you know, before they they uh, they join their their minor pro team uh, in their hometown, come to Canada for a year, experience Canadian lifestyle. And then go back and uh, and play for their home team. Awesome, Frank. My last question for you is: What advice would you give individuals aspiring to have a career in the hockey industry? Ah, uh, advice. Um, I think you know you, you'd really you really got to love hockey. You really got it's uh, just you got to put a lot of time in, you know, and uh, you know you really got to care about the players, you know. Um, helping them advance their career, helping them grow on and off the ice. Cause like I said, it's more than just, it's more than just hockey. You know, it's, it's, it's some of these kids, you know, they're, 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 um, they're away from home for the first time. They've never done laundry before, you know, just simple things like that, that we take for granted. But some of these kids just don't know. So I think, uh, you know, when, if you really want to advance in hockey, um, ask a lot of questions, um, surround yourself with good people, um, have an honest, honest uh, work ethic, and um, just just really got to enjoy it because uh, at the end of the day, hockey's fun, you know. And if you take it too seriously, uh, just doesn't work, you know. So you have to enjoy yourself. You know, don't be afraid to make mistakes, and uh, you know, ask ask lots of questions. So that's uh, that's that's pretty much um, it. You know, it's not, it ain't rocket science. You know, I <laughs> I wouldn't be here. Right? It's just uh, it's, it's it's just pretty simple and. Uh, you know, just uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes and, you know, and just enjoy your time, really. Great insight. Thank you for doing this again. I wish when I was a hockey player, I was coached by you because you're an impressive <laughs> individual. So uh, thanks for doing this and uh, 
all the best to you and your family during this time. Uh, thanks so much, Vince. Thank you very much for, uh, for taking the time to chat with me. And uh, I look forward to hearing back from you again. Have a great day.